Welcome to the show today, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are coming to you from Southern California. Uh, yes, I'm, I'm home, uh, actually, in many ways. Back behind enemy lines for a few days speaking. We're on the road with our team. And we have a new friend who came and introduced herself to me when I was at Calvary Chapel Chino Hills with my earthly hero, uh, Pastor Jack Hibbs, in November for the, the last stop of our fall White Rose Resistance National Tour. Her name is Jessica Tapia, and she is a hero. She's uh, the Moms for Liberty kind, kind of individual in the culture war right now. And I wanted to have her on to share her story because <laughs> cowardice is contagious, but so is courage. And if there's anything we've learned that we should have learned perhaps <laughs> over the last three years, it's that is that uh, courage is contagious, but so is cowardice. And the longer you capitulate and the quicker that you fold like a cheap suit and you back down and you abdicate at the very moment that you're needed to stand against the assault on children, the assault on the family, mm -hmm. the, 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 the religion of humanism and its attempt to remake itself in its own image. And, and, and nothing represents that ideology more than transgenderism, right? You talk about literally remaking yourself. <laughs> it's like, we're gonna chop off body parts, we're gonna take some flesh from your arm, we're gonna make a manufactured type of private part, and it, you're literally breaking down and rebuilding. Nothing could pose a more significant challenge to the Christian worldview than the false promises and premises of transgenderism. And the reason why all this matters and why I talk about these things is because it's all the same worldview. You know, so if you listen to this podcast and you're pro-life and you're like, wait, why, why are you talking about this? You're supposed to be the pro-life speaker. I tune in to, for pro-life stuff. Why are, you, why are you talking about other issues? Because they're all connected. They're all on the same team. Mm -hmm. And some of what we'll talk about today is actually some of the same weird, kooky, anthropological premises that animate these alternative worldviews. But where the battle matters is where the rubber meets the road. Um, it's at the local level. Uh, and it's when you're confronted with these challenges to the family, these assault on children, that's when the battle matters. It's talk easy to talk about ideas, but if you're not willing to live the truth of those ideas and stand for what's true and right and beautiful against the forces of darkness, then all your head knowledge means nothing. Mm -hmm. And that's why we wanted to have Jessica on today because she's doing just that. So buckle up, you're in for a treat. I'm Seth Gruber, and this is Unaborted. <laughs> So Jessica, welcome to the show today. Thank you. Thanks for having me here. Yeah, so good to have you on. When my team was like, um, hey, you, we, you, uh, have you heard what happened with Jessica? We have her on the show. And I was like, oh, I recognize her. And so I remember that yep. you had you had come and said hi to me yep. at uh, Chino Hills in mm -hmm. November. And you actually told me a little bit about yep. some of the, if I recall, believe mm -hmm. it or not, I actually remember part of the conversation, uh, some of the tr troubles you were having and concerns mm -hmm. you shared with me mm -hmm. about like the school that you were working at and that yes. you weren't sure if you could continue staying there. Yes. Well, those concerns that you shared uh, kind of materialized very recently. Yep. Uh, so you uh, worship at Pastor Jack Hibbs Church, Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills with your mm -hmm. family yep. and your children. And um, Pastor Jack just had you on his podcast and had you on stage to pray over you because stuff got really real with you recently. Yep. And I want you to tell that story because nothing is more intolerable, we're finding, mm -hmm. to the high priests of humanism and their sacraments of abortion and transgenderism mm -hmm. as godly men and women who just say, 
no. Mm-hmm. And yet not enough parents are willing to say no. Exactly. So Jessica, tell us your story. What happened? Yeah. The price you've been paying for standing for righteousness. Tell us the whole thing so you can encourage mm-hmm. the families and parents mm-hmm. who listen to this podcast and, and who are concerned about what's happening in the country because maybe your courage will will spark some courage in them too. Yeah, I pray so. So it all began, and this is a common question, like how did you even you know get to this place where you learned of these directives and then it led to you being fired? Really interesting how it did um, begin. Really, I was blindsided by it. Um, it was a week before school was gonna be let out for summer break. This was last May. And um, all of a sudden, I noticed on my Instagram page that I was getting some awful comments and mm. some people were really upset over some of my posts. And then they seemed like children who were commenting. And then I wow. recognized the children and they were my, stu- they were students. I don't know that they were mine, but they, they were from the school. And this is a high school. At. Yes. Harupa yeah. Valley High School, actually where I went to high school. Say the name of the high school again. Harupa Valley, okay. um, where I was a straight A student in AP classes, scholar athlete, met my husband. Um, at the attended, same high school, wow. attended a Bible study that my swim coach there invited me to. Um, wow. Just a great, great reputation and memories there, and so it was awesome to be back teaching and you know having the chance to influence students the way I was influenced there. Yeah. Um, so posi- positively and you know even in the Lord. Wow. And um, so, as as I was saying, students found my social media. They they sought me out and they found things they didn't like. Just sharing stuff about Christianity so, and yep. the culture wars. But specifically, the video that seemed to really trigger them, and then they started just hunting on my page for what wow. else they could find, um, was a video I had made in Kohl's. I was shopping in Kohl's one day, just seeing the pride clothing everywhere the rainbow clothing everywhere. But now I notice that they're making it and selling it for toddlers and babies. And I'm like, that's right. Are you kidding me? And something I, you know, enjoy doing from my page is, you know, inspiring mothers, making them aware of what's going on in the world, you know, what to look out for, maybe where not target is like flaunting this stuff in their children's section. Sometimes you walk into target and it's like the first display of children's stuff has all this trans stuff. Yeah. I pretty much avoid taking my kids there yeah. now at all costs um so yeah well, at least video... you can take them to disneyland you know and they're not so secret gay agenda <laughs> yeah we don't go there anymore either yep yep um, amen <laughs> so, so so your your own students are finding you on social media mm-hmm. and messaging you it's make, leaving nasty comments attacking yep. you yep i mean eating you mm-hmm. because you dare hold Christian beliefs. I yes. mean, just, just, a, and I want you to continue Jessica, but just as a reminder for people like some, cause some, some of the people who listen to this podcast, Jessica, they're, they're in ministry, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're young Christian mm-hmm. uh, students. Yeah. Um, maybe, you know, they have a job where their career is not maybe going to be compromised as much as yours. Right. Is. Not, not, not everyone, of course, but what I'm saying is sometimes it's easy Mm-hmm. If you're not put in a position where your career and livelihood is mm-hmm. threatened, mm-hmm. to 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 forget how real the battle is on the ground. Yes, so but real. it's it's like Christian teachers like you mm-hmm. who are seeing yeah. the ideas rubbing and and, yes. and 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 inserting themselves and attacking and yeah. and how um, quickly we are losing the next generation of Americans. Mm-hmm. 
to, I think what we should describe as an alternative religion. And they're more yeah. dogmatic about it than Christians are often. Yeah. I mean, they're like attacking you because you dare think differently. Yep. So this is yep. happening in May of last year, you yep. said. Okay. About Continue. to be on summer break. You know, we're all already kind of in the mindset. Wow. Things are wrapping up. Um, so as I'm receiving these comments, I'm block delete. I don't want students on my page. They have no business there. And sure. I don't want to put my job on the line, you know. And well, they keep coming back, keep coming back. And one comments and says, saw that I deleted their comment and said, too late. I've sent this into the school district already, like this video that they were upset about. Wow. And um, in the caption of that video, I explained how I think it's wrong that we're now making, I say we, but it's not us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> People are making, you know, pride clothing for toddlers and babies that cannot even begin to wrap their mind around what this pride and rainbow symbolism even is yep. and it's just wrong and just shared my opinion um, on that and so I was like okay I mean if this student means it I'm probably going to be hearing hearing something and the next day I was pretty much ripped out of my class in the middle of the day I was walked up by to, the administration walked up to the office well, by this a was almost a year ago then about a year ago okay. now um, walked up to the office by one of the principals I was like, what, what's going on? What's this about? She just wouldn't answer my question, just had her head down. <laughs> oh and gosh. I was taken into a room where the assistant superintendent was waiting for me, him and his secretary, and had me sit down. <laughs> wait, there, they wait, said, they, they said they planned this whole thing. Go, go take it from the classroom. Sat me down and said, something's been brought to our attention um, about your social media, and we're going to need to put you on paid administrative leave while we investigate this. <laughs> and... He and this knew is in me your very well. these are things in your private life. That's what's crazy. Yes, and you like, weren't you weren't saying these things. Which, by the way, you should have the total freedom to say it in the mm -hmm. classroom. But you weren't saying these things in the classroom. This is your private. Yes, that's the yeah. probably craziest part about my story. So they put you on so, paid administrative paid leave. administrative leave, and and mind you, the assistant superintendent probably apologized to me five times there, and even told me. I never like I, I never say I'm sorry this yeah. much in a in a meeting like this, but like I know you, Jessica, like you know, and he did. We have I have a great reputation at this district. This is beyond this. They is put not... you under church discipline, Jessica. You, we need to say that they put you under church discipline. Except mm -hmm. the church is the church of humanism. It's mm -hmm. the church of evolution. It's the church of Darwinism. It's the church of secular humanism. But it, that's church discipline. They see themselves as yep. like high priests. Yep. And and, and you as like their little disciples. Yep. And how dare you, how dare you question yes. the orthodoxy <laughs> right, of right. our religion? You know, it's right. like, it's anyways, it's, wow. Right. So they found out about me is yeah. how I like to, to, to say it. Because I've been the same teacher. I've always been. For the six years that I've been a teacher, I was a tenured yeah. teacher. And always been a believer i was born and raised one but they just did they have like other social media posts had they like gone through yes, your profile you're gonna love this at the end of that meeting the last thing they said to me which i still kind of replay in my head because i'm like goodness what made them say this they said we need you to leave campus now for your safety uh oh and i was like okay you know it's i think i still had two or three periods left to teach of the day but i had to leave right then and there wait, I wait went, this the day that that happened how many days was that after um, the student said, I've sent this to the school? What was the time difference? I I believe it was like the, the next day. day. Yeah. yeah. Okay, it was okay. like one day they said this so, is already so the been school's sent basically, boom, the next the school's day basically saying, it. yeah, so all the students, um, they're all screaming for your head. 
um, mm-hmm. you know, and yep. uh, and they're ready to eat their own. Mm-hmm. So they're actually like they're warning you saying you should leave because of the, the fury of teenagers. That's what I can assume. I mean, I don't know why they said we need wow. you to leave right now for your safety, but I'm assuming that, you know, what students found on my page regarding my beliefs, my opinions, my views, my <laughs> Christian conservative you know, lifestyle that I live upset them so badly, um, you know, that I had to leave right then and there. So I went to my office, grabbed a bunch of stuff and left. And so then summer goes by. Wow. And so, So oh, so you didn't go back onto campus for the rest of the semester. Mm -mm. Wow. So summer goes by. I haven't heard anything. So I'm like, you know, it's about two weeks before the new school year is going to start. And I'm like, I kind of need to know what's happening here because I need to begin like mentally preparing for the next Whoa. school year. So I reach out and I'm like, am I, am I okay to come back? I really thought they were maybe just going to let it blow over, you know? And they were like, no, we've, we've been investigating like we said we would. And we need to have you come in for a meeting to hear your side of the story. And I'm like, okay, like my side of the story. I mean, students found my Instagram. I, there's really nothing other than not to share, but I'll be there. So I go to this meeting end of July and first meeting, I have two union representatives with me and um, I was part of the CTA. Um, And go into the meeting, I think we were all pretty shocked. We um, have a packet of papers sat in front of all of us and um, there's 13 allegations in this packet made against me <laughs> My gosh. and I'm like freaking out. I am like, I can't wait for now. you to sue them so hard. It's weird to say it now, but I've like always been a rule follower. Mm-hmm. Um, just like a very good girl, you know, straight A student. And so this, I'm like shaking that allegations have been made against me. Sure. And, and by the way, that's kind of the point. Right. The point is to right. scare you into, into obedience right. and silence. Keep going. So I start to read them and it sounds kind of weird, but like I, a sense of peace started to come over me as I read them because instantly like God was like spiritual warfare, spiritual warfare as I'm reading through these. And I realized, yeah, they, they literally just found my beliefs on my page and used them to make claims about how I do my job. Yeah. And and you're going to get a kick out of some of the allegations. One of them was that I broadcast sermons to my students. <laughs> In yeah. the classroom? Yeah. Even my union rep was like, does she roll out speakers? Like, what do you mean broadcast? And so, you know, I let the district know the only thing I could think of that, that maybe a student would make that sort of claim around. And I said, I'm a PE teacher on Mondays. We go to the track and it's our run day. That's the one day I let students listen to music or a podcast of their choosing. I do the same thing. I walk with them. I don't put in headphones because I need to hear what's going on, but I have my phone just loud enough in my pocket listening to, you know, worship music or maybe a sermon. From So if a student walked by me and heard what That's was coming bonkers. from my phone, they might have heard Jesus is Lord. Yeah, Hallelujah. Yeah, yeah. That's all I can think of in wow. terms of this broadcasting sermons. Jeez, um, so I responded vocally to all of these allegations. And um, that was basically the wrap up of that meeting. Me just responding to what students had brought forth to them. 
And, and this is now uh, so okay. So these are still this is still the allegations being brought right before the fall mm-hmm. of twenty twenty two begins. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Correct. So I respond to all of those, and I'm back on paid administrative leave, and they call me back in for a second meeting in September. And at that meeting, they've they've decided and they've they've written me up for misconduct. Having having those views, um, you know that I made very clear that I have via my social media, um, and the fact that they they upset students the way that they did. Students felt um, disrespected and discriminated against. So I was written up for misconduct, and then I was. Um, I had a plan of assistance and directives presented to me, and I was told, what you've done is so serious. Um, You're lucky we're letting you come back to work. You're lucky you still have your job, and you're going to go back, and you're going to be watched very closely for 45 days for change of behavior. Big brother's here. The more they talk in this (laughs) meeting, I'm just like, just like retracting. I'm like, there's no way <laughs> what you're asking me to do is even possible. I don't have any behavior to change. Have you I've read been... 1984? I haven't. Okay, you need to read it okay. because you are Winston right now. Uh, so Winston in 1984 is the main character. Okay. And uh, I mean, d- to read it today, it's like that was supposed to be a warning mm. of a book, not a manual. Right. And it's become a manual yeah. by oh, the leftists wow. today. Oh, wow. Um, okay. The gaslighting, mm. the like the, mm-hmm. the insistence that you agree with things that mm-hmm. are so self-evidently false. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, we're going to punish you, right? Yeah. And there's the Ministry of Truth. In, uh, mm. the, the, it's called in 1984. And, okay, and seen, with, with their Newspeak, yep. right? Newspeak, which was the acceptable sort of, uh, you know, political, politically correct mm. language of the entrenched regime, right? Um, and one of the most famous lines in the book is uh, Winston says, in the end, the party would declare that two and two made five and you would have to believe it. You would have to believe it. Mm. It was inevitable that they should make this claim sooner or later. The logic of their position demanded it, not merely the validity of experience, but the very existence of an external reality was tacitly denied by their philosophy. The heresy of heresies was common sense. Mm -hmm. The position that you're holding and contending for, not even in the classroom, but on your own personal social media, Jessica, is the position, wait for it, wait for it, that every Democrat believed 10 years ago. That's how fast the culture of death is rising. Yes. Almost, almost any Democrat you would meet, except maybe one in... I don't know, deep San Francisco or Seattle. Mm-hmm. I mean, m- almost any Democrat you would meet in this country mm-hmm. 10 years ago, mm-hmm. let's call it 2011, <laughs> mm-hmm. would be horrified at what's happening to you right now. Mm-hmm. But now your position is so beyond the pale. It's so unacceptable. Mm-hmm. And the belief that, and we're going to get to this in a second, the belief mm-hmm. that men can be women and women can be men mm-hmm. is becoming so orthodox now that you're treated like a heretic yep and that's really what this is yeah so i'm glad you talked about the spiritual warfare because that's really what's going on 
Yes. So continue yeah. from there. God made that clear immediately to me. So you're so lucky to have your job. I'm lucky to have my Don't job. Don't step out of line again. Yes. The students are really hurt. Yes. They're re they feel really endangered by you. Yes. I need to go back and rebuild relationships, which <laughs> I didn't even know how I, I would possibly do, especially because they told me like I couldn't talk to students about this issue. Yeah. Um, I couldn't try to find out of them reported me you yeah. know but yet I had to go back and link arms with them um, they wanted me to have special meetings with counselors and, and administrators to make sure I got all my students gender pronouns and name preferences really? correct and I felt already very alienated are the rest of the teachers having to do this yeah or is it just me yeah so then came the directives that they wanted me to go back to work and be under and follow, you know, to a T. I could not mess up again or, you know, my job was on the line, which they made that very clear. So the first one was that I had to call students by their preferred gender pronoun. And how many just, students did you have that that were pretending that they were the other gender? Yes. Yeah, so that's what what's interesting. Um, when I was there teaching, I didn't have any students come to me asking to be called another yeah, gender yeah, yeah, or yes. another pronoun yeah, so or they're, they're doing a new it, name. They're doing it to test you. Is that, is um, that what started but happening? But apparently in the meeting, in the meeting, they told me you did have one and, and they shared that you were not calling them by their preferred pronoun. I'm like, well, they never came to me and made it clear they wanted to even be called by something new. So how is that fair? Um, <laughs> And they were also letting me know that going into this new school year, I was going to have several in my classes. <laughs> of course, yeah. Um, yeah. Transgender students. All of a sudden. So, <laughs> so um, with that first directive, they also vocally, I thought it was interesting. This was not in writing at the time, but they vocally said, also, if a student comes to you with a, a new you know, pronoun preference, um, you have to withhold that information from parents. And I sat back and looked the assist assistant superintendent like dead in the eye and I was like are you asking me to lie to parents and he said yes it's the law and it's for student privacy and I was just like I don't believe this and so so you you understand this Jessica but but some people might not understand the significance and heaviness of what you just said and guys what what Jessica is saying is what we've been trying to warn you of for some time now the government believes that the children are theirs. Mm -hmm. That's yep. the only hot take you need on that. They believe that mm -hmm. they are better situated yep. to be the parent yep. than the biological parents and the real parents. Mm -hmm. This is Hitlerian stuff. Mm -hmm. Hitler would say things like, I don't care if you disagree with me. I, I have your children in my schools. You know, like this is very common, like of, of Marxist communist regimes mm -hmm. and societies mm -hmm. is is one, this belief that the children are the children of the states, mm -hmm. right? Children's of the state. And secondly, that the state is better situated yep. and better equipped than their own parents to raise the next generation than their own parents. Mm -hmm. And that is that is not essentially literally what that person told you, that administrator told you, mm -hmm. assistant superintendent or whatever, mm -hmm. when they said that, yes, you do need to lie to the parents. Mm -hmm. It's state law. It's for student privacy. Mm -hmm. What in the world <laughs> could uh, could a student privately tell a teacher that should be that that, that should be reasonably kept? 
from the parents. Mm -hmm. So the, the, all this to say, like, this stuff is not going to stop. Mm -mm. And and unless people like you start standing up against yep. it, it's going to get worse. Oh, yes. Um, and there's some legislation in California right now kind of being pushed along those lines. Yes. Scary so, stuff. Mm -hmm. um, what happens after that meeting then? So... Um, between, you start between again, that right? first, no, You're, no, okay, no, no, no. So between that first directive, them vocally telling me to lie to parents, and then a third directive that I I took issue to was um, from there on out, I had to completely refrain from talking to students about God or the Bible. That was another um, allegation that I would talk to students about God and the Bible, to which I responded to the district personnel, yeah, if a student comes to me with a question. In my faith, it says, and I follow and believe that, I need to have an answer for the hope that I have. Yeah, yeah. And I give them an answer in an educational manner. I yeah. went to college. I learned about how to do this right. legally from an educational standpoint, strictly not coercing, not yeah. persuading. And, you know, so I answered them honestly. And I was in tears at, at your message, during your message at Calvary Chapel, because I actually felt so... Um, I could relate with the story you were sharing. I'm blanking on her name. Sophie Scholl. Yes. I was just, I was relating with her. I really yeah. was. I felt so um, alone in what I was being led to do, knew I needed to do it. It was the right thing. And, but I also was contemplating just resigning and walking away, right. which essentially would have been the same thing, right? As just accepting the directives, putting my head down and just being a zombie of a teacher. Yeah. So thank the Lord. He made it very clear to me um, at the end of my stress leave, which is the end of December, what I needed to do. Mm. And that was to just speak up, tell the district I'm, I'm ready to come back to work, but I need you to know X, Y, Z, these directives, I will not be following. And here's why. And so I broke them all down let them know wow. and they said thanks for letting us know we are gonna need to call you in for a third meeting a religious accommodation meeting to see if and how we can accommodate your religious beliefs so i go into this meeting <laughs> this was this january mid-january of this year their attorney the school district's attorney um, questioned me up and down left and right on my faith where do you go to church what do you read? Who's your pastor? How often do you go? What is it about your faith that says you can't do these things? And then like, you know, rephrased the same question 78 times over and over trying to get me to change up my answers on my stance in terms of these directives that I said January I wouldn't comply of this with. Year? This was this year in January, wow. mid-January. <laughs> At the end of this meeting, another directive comes up when they ask me, um, is there anything else we need to know about that your faith won't let you do in your position? And I said, yeah, while we're at it, I'm in a unique position. I'm a PE teacher. I oversee a female locker room. I'll have you know now I'm not letting a biological male into the female locker room. And they said, we have a whole other issue then because if this male is identifying as a female, you have to let that transgender student in it would be discrimination if you don't <laughs> i'm not kidding you the two yeah. males that were part of the meeting put their head down and sat back because they have daughters pathetic pathetic individuals yes. cowards yes. men exactly. without chests 
So I was like, well, I guess I'm just going to be the, you know. They knew what was happening was wrong. 30-year-old, the they youngest. They didn't have the courage to look you in the eye. Exactly. I'm just going to be the I, youngest and I, and, person in this room. And I hope they didn't room. have the courage to look their daughters in their eyes when yeah. they got home that yep. night. Exactly. Because in failing to stand up for you in that moment, they were failing to stand up for their own daughters. Yeah. And. Wow. I, yeah, I've never, I've never been in that position before where I'm sitting in a room, you know, at a table and just like the only one just Well, like, you would probably, my guess is you had probably never felt hated so much before mm-hmm. for being a Christian. Right. Yes. This was like some real life persecution for yeah. sure. Um, actually, and, yet, and yet, isn't it crazy when we put it in the grand sc- scheme of world history, mm-hmm. this is not persecution at all. Right. 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 But, but why is that significant? Because... You're one of the only ones standing. Mm-hmm. There's not very many mm-hmm. godly men and women in public education that are standing against this stuff mm-hmm. and willing to put their careers on the line. Right. What happens when the going really gets tough? Yeah. Because then I'm sure this... you would. I'm sure you would say the same thing about yourself that 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 you just did what was right and yep. it's been a hard road. I'm sure it's been a hard road. Yeah. But you, you, I'm sure you would say too. You know. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Like, mm-hmm. like this is nothing compared to what some of our brothers and sisters are going through around oh, the world. Oh yeah, no. I... And, but, but, but the point is not to say that you're that you're not courageous because some Christians are having their heads cut off. The point is to say, mm-hmm. but where are all the other exactly. men and women who are Christians in public education? Exactly. It's, um, I think it's a damning sign of our times. Yes, many of them are just just have their heads down. Um, heads in the sand and then many many of them are resigning are walking away but again and even pastor jack told me when i shared with him that i had half a resignation letter written that for some reason i could never finish yeah and there was a reason for that um that's not what god was calling me to do and anyways as pastor jack said that would have been quitting yeah and you know, I I didn't quit. I was gonna see this through, and I did. So that and meeting so happened in January. And that then meeting what happened, happened mid January. Got it all out. You know, they asked me all the questions they wanted to. I found out about that um, final directive. Interestingly enough, they did not at all bring up the directive um, in that religious accommodation meeting about refraining from talking to students about God or the Bible. They strictly in that meeting focused on. Why will I not call students by their preferred gender pronouns? And why will I not be willing to keep that information from parents? That's what the the major questioning was on in that meeting and then came about the locker room directive. So now I have those three solid things that I'm like, nope, I'm not doing these. Yeah. And you can ask me 500 different ways. The answer is still going to be no. So after the meeting... About one week later, I got an email from them, and and it was essentially my termination letter. Um, and they said in the letter, um, we cannot accommodate your religious beliefs, so we're releasing you from employment official January 31st of this year. And you know, you know, you know, it's crazy. Um, they have a religion, too. Mm-hmm. They have a religion too, mm-hmm. yeah. It, but no one questions them on it. No, so course, where's because, their where's their accommodation the, meeting? The, the answer, Jessica, is because we are living under a theocracy. It's just not Christianity. It's a it's the theocracy of the religion of humanism. Humanism is the only um, state religion in America today. It's the only religion welcome in the halls of D.C. Mm-hmm. That's the reigning religion now in our country, and mm-hmm. and I think the church needs to kind of wake up and realize that. Like, our it's been some time. Mm-hmm. Since our country 
has been functioning off of a Judeo-Christian worldview. Right. It's, it's that that's that had that's not been happening for a long time. Now. Yeah. There's the vestiges of it, of course, mm-hmm. because you know our form of government is so unique that tyranny takes a little longer to replace that mm-hmm. form of government, so it moves slower. Yep. Um, but but uh, really, humanism is the religion of the day in America today. So. In 18, um, not 18, in 1954, the Johnson Amendments passed. And this is where we get this idea of the separation of church and state. I mean, that that's what allows them to treat you like this, right? Yeah. And, and that's where you end up getting the Bibles taken out of schools. Mm-hmm. You end up getting prayer removed from schools. Mm-hmm. And then four years later in... In 1958, the American Humanist Association, okay, the American Humanist Association drafts this action plan on how to purge Christians from public education, <laughs> okay? So this is like, what did I just say? Yeah, that was, that was 1958. So wow. this was a while ago, y'all. So what what I'm about to tell you is that is that this has been brewing for yep. a really long time. Yep. So so in 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 1958 they draft this action plan, and some of those some of those action plans include things like research and find, like go find if mm-hmm. you, any school you can find mm-hmm. where teachers are talking about the the, the Christianity, mm-hmm. if they're praying. Or if they're reading the Bible or having religious uh, like services or worship or anything like that, like the the high priests of the religion of humanism mm-hmm. and the American Humanist Association draft this action plan: go out and find, search and wow. destroy. Really? Don't just wait for a brave mom teacher mm-hmm. to assert go her faith. Them. Go find it. Hmm. See where you can find where it's happening, and wow. then ready challenge the constitutionality of such actions. Oh my gosh. Appealing to the Johnson Amendment four years before. So they've been doing this for decades. Wow. But but now it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. Now it's everywhere. And, and, and so the problem with staying silent is that, is that you decay inside. Mm-hmm. You become unrecognizable. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I want to say one other thing and then I, I want you to finish your story, but I also mm-hmm. want to get your thoughts on this because you're living this right now. Mm-hmm. And so many people are so proud of you and they're praying for you mm-hmm. and, and we're hoping that it'll awaken others, right? Yes. That's kind of the whole point. But um, there's this, um, there's this uh, Polish anti-communist um, uh, political dissident and, and author from, mm-hmm. from the 20th century. His name is Czesla Milos. And he, he used this word, it's Ketman, and he used it to describe how people who were ideo- ideologically opposed to communism would go along with it mm. to not be targeted, mm. to not be discriminated against, mm-hmm. to not up in, the, up in their family, to not disrupt yep. their income, to not make life more difficult for them and their family, to not lose their jobs. So they were opposed to communism, but they would they would silently dissent inside. Mm-hmm. Oh, inside I dissent. Mm-hmm. I, I oppose it. But it's but outwardly, not. you're not living in any way yeah. that would stand for truth and stand for righteousness. So he used this word. And th- this guy, I mean, experienced communism, right? And he, he used this word, Ketman. And it's a Persian word originally that referred okay. to people who um who who uh, opposed um islamic tyranny but would silently dissent and go along to get along to mm-hmm. avoid persecution and and the problem with this this concept of ketman of, of silently dissenting to evil mm-hmm. but outwardly um 
running through the motions mm -hmm. so it's the appearance of obedience it's mm -hmm. the appearance of bowing down that's what they to the false to idols mm -hmm. but inwardly you can tell yourself but in my heart and in my soul i disagree and and the the problem with with ketman is that is that when you when you portray an actor for too long mm, you become that mm -hmm. that's right that's right wow wow so you decay inside and so goes society as well. And that's what I felt like was going to happen to me. Mm -hmm. I, I, I played it out in my head. You know, if I go back under this, this plan of assistance, because I needed help apparently and directed. <laughs> that's right. You needed help. And directives. <laughs> I was going to feel like a zombie because I was, I was going to have to strip off my values and my beliefs yeah. for eight hours a day. And they asked me, I mean, my union reps, told me you just need to compartmentalize your beliefs that's right yep. for that's eight exactly hours a day they, they want, said yeah. we know a lot of christian teachers that make this work <laughs> and i was like you're, you're like oh so you know a lot of cowards well, yeah, i'm yeah. not one of them yeah, yeah. you know like good for you girl so by the way the the american humanist association has referred to themselves as religious like like the, some of the old leaders some of the founders of the american human association by the way i think i think the american human association was founded in 41 or 42 but i mean these people called themselves religious they called it a religion so my only point is this the, the people who are challenging your religion and saying mm -hmm. you need to get out of the classrooms they're not getting out of the classrooms right. the, this idea that a man can be a woman and a woman can become a man mm -hmm. that's a fundamentally religious belief mm -hmm. it's it's called gnosticism mm -hmm. uh, or gnostic dualism mm -hmm. gnosticism is this 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 old, old idea it's actually been it's actually been declared a heresy by the church <laughs> you and so you had early christians who said like well you know we're so prone to sin man i just always mm -hmm. want to sleep with people like mm -hmm. i always want to just indulge the flesh like mm -hmm. i man i hate this body it's so prone to sin so so let's throw off the shackles of the body maybe 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 real people are not bodies maybe real people are not like flesh and bone maybe the real person is just the soul it's it's the thoughts the consciousness desires mm -hmm. these intangible things mm -hmm. that's the real person so we seem to focus on 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 higher knowledge and on and on meditation and and on and on our real selves and so gnosticism or gnostic dualism was this mm -hmm. du dualistic view of the person mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. didn't treat us as as um bodies with souls right wow. like we're both body and soul yep. but but that the body was just a shell Separate. it was a shell for the real person mm -hmm. so like when i shook your hand earlier jessica according mm -hmm. to gnosticism mm -hmm. i didn't shake jessica's hand because jessica is not a body She's an intangible soul. And so the body's just a shell for the real person. This is a fundamentally religious belief, which is what enables them yes, I was to say, say that's their excuse. To say, I may have been born mm -hmm. in a male body with male genitalia and male mm -hmm. chromosomes, but if the body doesn't mean anything and the body doesn't provide any signals or rational basis for who the real person is in the real right. world mm -hmm. then why can't i just change my self-identity mm -hmm. because inwardly i feel like there's a little girl inside mm -hmm. right all, my point is all this yeah. these are religious beliefs and they're mm -hmm. really weird kooky religious beliefs mm -hmm. so the question is not um will religion be welcome in the halls of education it already is the question is whose which ones yep exactly Exactly. Definitely feeling like all forms of diversity welcome except Christianity. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we're being told the great threat to America right now is Christian Christian nationalism. Yes. Yeah. You kidding me? The only threat to America right now is secular globalism and mm -hmm. secular humanism. Mm -hmm. And and so so but but you've been staring that 
alternative religion in the face mm -hmm. and watching yes. what I can only imagine. Why don't you describe this for people actually explain the raw hatred mm -hmm. that must have been in their eyes as you're experiencing like you are not acceptable. Who you are is not acceptable. Your faith is not welcome here. Mm -hmm. You remember your place or you're out of here. I mean, yeah. that's yeah. there's no other word to describe that except hatred. Mm -hmm. And I forgot to mention, actually, and this was an more affirmation for me that this is spiritual warfare and why it was so important that I fought it with the Lord, yeah. you know, Amen. and stayed focused on him because it was a very scary experience. And something I say often, um, you know, when I'm doing interviews is I, I have, I had to check my fear because, you know, I would sometimes sure. be very fearful of these higher up sitting across from me in a, a normal situation. I always thought if, if I was in that situation, I would just be yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, yeah. And now it was like, no, I conflicted, you know, like you said earlier, I was very conflicted. And so, you know, I had to make sure that my fear remained in the Lord and that yeah. I was not going to make a decision um, out of fear of man. Good. So something else that I wanted to mention that, at the back of this packet um, of allegations were exhibits and they were screenshots of Bible verses I posted <laughs> and like quotes in my faith from, you know, Ali B. So maybe even one from you, who knows? It's so um, hilarious. It's so crazy. And I'm just like, you know, they present these Bible verses that I posted, my own posts yeah. to me. <clears throat> and I just, just looking at them like, and what? Yep. And what? Yep. So. Yeah. So. I um, could never. Yeah. I've never. Uh, so Pastor um, uh, Martin Neamoller, um was part of Bonhoeffer's Confessing Church in Germany. But he didn't wake up in time. Hmm. And Pastor Neamoller was originally absorbing actually a little bit of like anti-Semitism and was certainly silent, but was actually kind of being used a little bit as a political tool mm -hmm. um, as a pastor by the Third Reich. But he started waking up um, and he walked into a meeting with, with Adolf Hitler and with uh, Heinrich Himmler, I believe, the Nazi propagandist. And they had one of his recent sermons printed out. Oh. And he had started speaking out against yeah. Hitler and the Third Reich. Yep. They didn't like that. Mm -hmm. So they had the transcript of one of his recent sermons. Sound familiar, Jessica? Yeah. As, wow. if, as if to say, yeah, these things you've been posting and saying, yeah, I don't really like it. You need to cut it out. And Pastor Neumuller is thinking, man, I like I love the fatherland too. Like I love Germany too. Like. Mm -hmm. I'm a pastor. Like I, my life is about others. Like mm -hmm. he's trying to figure out a way to find a middle ground or work with these people. Mm -hmm. And according to accounts, Adolf freaking Hitler said something along the lines of you preach your sermons and I'll run the third Reich as if to say, you keep your little faith Mm-hmm. You keep it private. Yeah. You can go to church. You can preach a sermon, listen to it. You just keep it in the church. Mm -hmm. Don't you take those beliefs and faith and apply them into the public square with how you live. What would you be the point of that? keep it there. Now, Martin E. Muller 
was then put in a concentration camp. He survived World War II and famously said after the war, first they came for the socialists. And I did not speak up because I was not a socialist. Then they came for the trade unionists. And I did not speak up because I was not a trade unionist. Mm -hmm. Then they came for the Jews. And I didn't speak up because I was not a Jew. Then they came for me. And there was no one left to speak up for me. Those words are famously etched into multiple buildings around Germany today. If something doesn't change soon, our grandchildren or our generation of parents who might survive the madness of the next few decades if something doesn't change may say something like this. First, they came for the unborn. And I didn't speak up because I was not unborn. Mm -hmm. Then they came for the elderly. And I didn't speak up because I was not an elderly citizen. Then they came for the Christian teachers. And I did not speak up because I was not a Christian teacher. Then they came for the Catholic pro-life sidewalk counselors. And I did not speak up because I was not a pro-life sidewalk counselor. And then they came for all Christians who would speak the truth. And I did not speak up because I was not a Christian. I was just a conservative who cared about America, but I didn't have faith. Mm -hmm. Then they came for me. Yep. And that was it. There was no one left to speak up for me. These people have a true hatred of you. Mm -hmm. and of Christianity. There's no limiting principle to the hatred that they have for us. Mm -hmm. And if people don't start following your example and standing up for truth and righteousness and their neighbors and children, Mm -hmm. it's only going to get worse. Definitely. Um, What would you say to the the Christian teachers still in public schools in America today who are still mm-hmm. being silent, if they were to watch you or hear you say something mm-hmm. as you have now been fired, you've mm-hmm. lost your income and livelihood, Yeah. Um, what would you say to them? Those that continue to go to church, occasionally reshare a Jack Hibbs mm-hmm. or Kurt Cameron video on their Facebook, mm-hmm. but they're silent at their schools. Mm-hmm. What are you really living for? For your pension or for your principles Hmm. in God, you know, and then as I had to check your fear because we make decisions out of what and who we fear. And that's why we're called to only fear the Lord. That's the only fear we should have, um, you know, not of man. And lastly, it's past time. It's way past time to speak up and probably even speaking up is not enough like we need to stand up and we need to fight yeah and and unfortunately um i i don't believe the change that's necessary is going to be able to come from just me um i hope and pray that i can be the beginning of it and i felt god has been telling me this whole time i'm i'm going to use you to make waves and i've definitely been seeing the waves but like we need we need everyone on board yep. you know who truly does hold these beliefs and we need to live them out and because what is the point if you you claim to have these beliefs but they don't infiltrate and and change every corner and area of your life right you know i had a comment from someone that 
said, you know, keep your beliefs in the church. And I don't have time to comment to all the comments I'm getting, but yeah. that one just, I happened to see it and I just, I couldn't help it. And yeah. I was just like, and what would be the point of that? Yeah. What would be the point of having a belief, keeping it in the church and it not That's completely right. affecting everything about who I am and how I live? What would be the point of that? Ketman. Yeah. Yep. So you'll wake up one day actually a man or woman watching this and you, you, you will not recognize who you are anymore. Yep. Because you've been playing the role of a coward for so long. Mm -hmm. You've become that. That word. Um, so a huge inspiration that helped me to not cower in a situation where obviously many teachers and just people are in when faced with a situation like mine. One of the first sermons that I heard when trying out Pastor Jack's church was actually on being a coward. And me and mm. my husband looked at each other and were like, mm. we've never heard a pastor preach on cowardism. And then one, and then two, that it's a sin. Right, right, we were right. like, what? Yeah. And that sermon has stuck with me since. Re in and Revelation, then, yeah, yeah. Yep, in Revelation. And then obviously through my work trial God made it very clear why I heard that sermon maybe two, That's three years ago awesome. um, because I was going to need it. Yeah. Amazing, Jessica. Uh, how can people uh, pray for you? And also, is there any way they can support you beyond just telling yeah. your story? I mean, tell yeah. us how people um, can help. My best friend made me a give, send, go. Okay. I, I didn't know what that was. I guess it's like a Christian version of GoFundMe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so right. <laughs> you can just um, find that by searching my name, Jessica Tapia, or I think she made the URL like give, send, go.com slash speak the truth. Okay. So you can find it that way as well. Um, I actually started a little apparel line. I'm wearing one of the shirts. Okay, um, let's this, see. This is the hill I die on. That's awesome. Um, this actually came, that saying came from an, a principal that I had in one of my six years of teaching. And her and I connected deeply in the faith, kind of like yeah. secretly, you know. But she, we would talk very vaguely about things. And I remember one day her telling me, letting me know, um, cause we were seeing, you know, just some bad things start to happen. And she let me know just, there is a hill I will die on. Yeah, yeah. And I just, she wasn't clear on what she was saying, but I knew what she was saying. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so that, that saying stuck with me that she told me that about two years ago. And then when this all went down, I was like, yeah. that's going to be one of my first shirts. <laughs> so, yep, um, I have an apparel line on Shopify called the story I'll tell, I'll tell, um, one of the first prayers I prayed to God when I knew like I'm about to get fired. Um, I just prayed and I said, God, yeah. if that's the case, I will take this story yeah, yeah. as far and wide as you want it to go. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't like consider yeah. myself a public speaker in any way, but um, actually it's one of the only classes I ever did not get an A in. And I'm like <laughs> looking back now, like the devil was already trying to discourage my voice because I was so upset I could never get an A in public speaking. And then here I am the last two months of my life. I've just been yeah. sharing this story and yeah, right. um, you know, all, all for his glory. And so, yeah, so my, um, my apparel line, my give, send, go, I forget what your other question was. Um, yeah. Just how people can pray for you and support oh, you. Yeah. yeah so we're going to be filing the lawsuit soon. There, there you go. We have the right to sue letter. <laughs> I did not 
no, you needed that. But we we've been waiting, but we finally got the right to sue letter from the EEOC. So we're cleared to file the lawsuit. So uh, my legal team is drafting the complaint currently. Jessica, that's not very Christian of you. The Bible says to try to resolve your issues with people on the way to the courthouse and not sue. That's what Andy Stanley told me about well, Christianity. You're not being very Christ-like, Jessica. What would you am- say to the people who say silly things like that? Isn't that amongst Christians? Like Christians and Christians, yeah. if they have yeah, issues yeah, yeah, with yeah. one another, should come together. Yeah, these aren't. We're not talking yeah, about yeah, fellow yeah. Christians. Yeah, that's right. We're talking about people who want <sighs> to propagandize your children and make them cut their penis off. So if yes. you can't sue against that then uh you, you honestly get out of the way get out of ministry mm-hmm. like honestly you're a waste of time yes just is bolstering your point what are the point of these beliefs that you have about the gospel and the king of kings and lord of lords that mm-hmm. became a fetus to redeem mankind from their sins if mm-hmm. you're not going to stand against the evil yep that he came Expose to defeat the evil we're called so, to do it yeah that's right so good for you jessica well thank, thank you for you. telling your story was there anything else I think that's we want, it. We want you to tell the whole story. We, <laughs> I want, think we, that's want, it. we want people to get fired up because, um, to go back to the top of the show, cowardice is contagious, but so is courage. Amen. And so, if you're listening to this and you're in an educational setting and you're convicted right now, good, good. And um, you should start living differently and uh, reach out to Jessica and she'll encourage you. And uh, we'll put your link to your gifts and go and your apparel. Um, did you get any White Rose Resistance stuff I at Chino I did. Hill? I was torn between actually wearing your shirt or mine. I was like holding them both okay, up. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll get you some more. Okay, but, yeah. awesome. Well, thank yeah, you I for your that. time, Jessica. I appreciate it. Thank and you. People will be praying over your, your family and uh, in, your, in your next chapter. And, and I have a hunch, like Jack does, that uh, God's got some bigger things in store for you. Um, and that I don't think we are close to seeing the end of the fruit that will actually come. Mm-hmm from this story and from Mm -hmm. your courage so stand fast sister will do will do thank you (laughs) thanks for joining the show today guys head on over to itunes spotify youtube give us a rating and review go subscribe at rumble because i already got my first strike on youtube so it is it is what it is um give us a follow on all the social medias i think the warning got removed from my instagram warning false information spreader i think that finally fell off so uh follow that share that and we'll, we'll have some powerful clips from this message on social media just to encourage people Uh, against this cult, this religion, Um, the religion of humanism, the religion that took more innocent lives in the 20th century alone than in all of human history before that combined. And now it's rearing its head again and calling for the discrimination, in some cases violence, against Christians. And uh, and you need to you need to share this with your pastor. (laughs) You need to share this with your that that cousin of yours that still works at a public high school um you need to share this story of jessica's to wake people up uh to get them to start living differently um don't don't play the role of a coward anymore it will destroy who you are inside um and so uh please give to her give send go support her give her give her some money and help her with the legal fight and with everything that she's gonna have coming down on down the pike now and on the horizon next um Go on over to YouTube. Give us a give us a follow while we're still on there. If you want to hear me speak live and local, go to SethGruber.com. Um, and if you want to join the White Rose Resistance and become an ally of the White Rose, uh, go to the WhiteRose.life. You can join at thirty five dollars a month, and you'll get access to our exclusive monthly White Rose Resistance Digital Circle, where I make you a pro life ninja. 
um, that tears down the high places of Baal and, and child sacrifice and mocks the spirit of the age. Um, and that's the white rose dot life. And if you want to bring us to your church uh, for the white rose resistance national tour, uh, you can reach out through that website. We're almost booked up uh, through the summer and the fall is filling up as well. And if you want to bring us to your university, we're, we're finishing up our, um, our tour Adolf who the bloodbath of Margaret Sanger. And that's been causing uh, students' inner legion to start manifesting. Um, and so uh, support us. Support Jessica. Uh, it's all hands on deck, guys. No more time to fart around. Until next week, I'm Seth Gruber, and this is Unaborted.